Hey, this is Steve Allen. I'm the pastor of Destiny Christian Center in Laplace, Louisiana. I want to thank you for joining us today on the Discovering Your Destiny broadcast. I hope it builds your faith, helps you to grow in every area of your life. Enjoy this message. Continue with this series on the day. Now, again, I want to say to you that God is in the people business. And if you're going to be on God's team, you have to both love and be willing to work with people. Somebody shout, I love people. I, love people. I don't understand how Christians and believers uh, think that they can really be Christians and believers and don't like people. Don't want to be bothered with people, don't want to help people. If you're going to be on God's team, you have to love people. Now, we talked about uh, the skill of flexibility, which led to several lessons. We also talked about the people's skill of unselfishness. Today, we're going, to, we're going to introduce another people's skill, and that's humility. Somebody say humility. humility. Now, humility means uh, freedom from pride and arrogance. Uh, it's the quality of being, uh, the quality or state of being humble. Uh, so the people's skill that we're going to focus on is humility. Now, in this first lesson, as we focus on this people skill, or we introduce this people skill, I want to talk about the opposite of humility today. I want to deal with pride. And uh, pride is something that we've all dealt with or dealing with. And a part of growing is the ability to see ourselves and to correct those areas uh, that's not right. And uh, the key to growing in God is to be honest with yourself. So I want you to turn your Bibles to Proverbs chapter 6. And we'll read verses 16 and 7, the 8 part of verse 17. So Ephesians, did I say Ephesians? Pro, I was just checking y'all. Proverbs, cha <laughs> Proverbs chapter 6 and uh, verse 16 and 17, the 8 part of verse 17. When you find it, say, I'm there. You have your Bibles? Listen to what it says. I'll tell you what it says when I get there. You know what? I ain't there. Okay. These six things doth the Lord hate, yea, seven are an abomination unto him. The A part of verse 17 says, a proud look. Now, the Amplified Version of the Bible says this. These six things the Lord hates, indeed, seven are an abomination to him. A proud look, the spirit that makes one overestimate himself and underestimates others. Whenever you see the word abomination, it means a strong disgust. Uh, and the, the very first thing that disgusts the Lord, uh, the scripture says, is a proud look or pride. Now, now go to Proverbs 16 and look at verse number five for me. James, this is good right here. Listen to what it says. Everyone that is proud in heart is an abomination to the Lord. Though hand join in hand, he shall not be unpunished. Now, 
when you when we read these verses right away, we know that we've got to get rid of pride if we're going to walk with God. And so let's talk about it. I'll, I'll say this to you. Pride has both a positive and a negative side. Let's, let's, let me give you a few definitions of the positive side first. Pride is the proper self-esteem or it's a proper self-respect. Now, all of us should have proper self-esteem and proper self-respect. When my, my daughter was growing up, I made sure that I taught her proper self-respect. You know, I think that a young lady should have proper self-respect. Uh, and if, if no one loves you, you should love you. Hello, somebody? See, when you have proper self-esteem and proper self-respect, you refuse to allow anybody to disrespect you. Glory to God. Yeah, see, sisters, when you have proper self-respect, you don't let people just handle you any kind of way. Can I just break it down? When you have proper self-respect, you can't be the side piece. Can I come down here? Can I come down here? Hey, hey, wait, 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 wait. If you were sleeping, I know you're up now. So, <laughs> When you have proper self-esteem, can I just break it down? When you have proper self-respect, you can't be the side piece. Can I come down here? Can I come down here? Hey, hey, wait, 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 wait. If you were sleeping, I know you're up now. So, <laughs> when you have proper self-esteem. Well, I got some guys looking at me like you messing up the game. So, yeah, when you have proper self-esteem and proper self-respect, you don't let people handle you any kind of way. Another positive definition of pride is uh, uh, the sense of one's own dignity or value. And then there's pride where you're appreciative of others. But I want to deal with the part of pride that we have to overcome. In other words, I want to deal with the negative side. Now, let, let me give you some uh, negative definitions of pride. It's the spirit of independence, not wanting direction or not wanting help from other people. Uh, there's another definition uh, where we can use the word vanity, which is an excessive pride in one's appearance and one's accomplishments. And then there's uh, pride as a selfish ambition, which is a selfish desire to achieve wealth, fame, and power regardless of who it hurts or what it takes. And then finally, pride is a disobedient spirit. It's choosing one's way over God's way. So there is a positive side and there is a negative side to pride. And here, here's the difference between the two sides. Who gets the credit? The difference between the positive side of pride and the negative side of pride is who gets the credit. Listen to this statement. When we start believing that where we have come from or what we have accomplished is all due to ourselves, we are then slipping into pride. Let me help you out. Whatever you have or whoever you think you are is because of God. If there's any good in you, it's no reason for you to get haughty or high-minded You've got to realize that you are who you are because of him. 
can I just tell you even, can I go a little further? You, you are nothing without him. Can I, I, I need you to confess that. I need you to confess that. Maybe you've never said that before, but say that I am nothing. Some people are just looking at me. Some people are just looking at me. Say, I am nothing, I am nothing without, him. without him. Now, go to Psalms. We're going to look at a couple of scriptures. Go to Psalms 115 and 1. Psalms 115 and 1. Listen to what it says. Not unto us, O Lord, not unto us, but unto thy name give glory. Not unto us, not unto us, O Lord, but unto thy name give glory. So the question is, is it really about God or is it really about you? Are you living to please God or are you living to please yourself? You see, Really, we, we struggle with habits and other things that we, we don't want to give up because really it's all about us. Now, let, let me tell you this. Living for God becomes easier when you really fall in love with him because you'll start doing things that please him and you'll stop doing things that displease him. I want you to evaluate yourself. And I want you to ask yourselves the question, and everybody needs to do this. You, you don't need to look at anybody else. I want you to think about yourself. What do you do for you versus what you do for him? 24 hours in a day, how much of that day is spent with doing stuff for yourself versus how much time you spend doing things for the Lord? We're in July, half, halfway through the year. How, much, how many hours have you spent doing things for the kingdom versus what you've done for yourself? We do a lot of stuff to, to please ourselves, and it's nothing wrong with doing things for yourself. But you mean to tell me that you're going to spend your whole life pleasing you and no time pleasing God, we have to evaluate ourselves, and then we have to evaluate our time. How much time do I give God versus how much time do I give myself? How much time am I spending on things that I call fun? Okay, how much time you spend on Facebook versus how, many, how much time you spend on your knees? How much time you spend on social media, media versus how much time you spend in the Word? Wait a minute. Look at your neighbor. Do this for me. Say, neighbor. neighbor. Don't look at my pastor like that. <laughs> Tim said, I don't allow that. I don't allow that. I don't allow nobody mean mugging my pastor like that. This text basically says that we should live to give God glory. God is supposed to get glory out of your life. And how much glory is God getting out of your life? You know, even when I'm going through, when I hit a rough patch in life, you know what I tell God? God, I'm coming out of this and you're going to get glory. 
I, I know I'm in this place right now, but when this is over, you're going to get glory for bringing me out of this because all I do is, I, everything I do, I want to give you glory in it. Can God get glory out of what you're doing? You know what? That's a good question. That's a good question for us to ask ourselves. Before you do anything, you ought to ask yourself the question, is God going to get glory out of this? Before you do anything, before you pick up that phone to call somebody, is God going to get glory out of this? Before you pick up that bottle, you can't, you can't, you can't pick up some crown and say I'm doing this in the glory of God. You can't light up one of them things you roll up at the crib and talk about straight to the head to the glory of God. <laughs> keep looking up. Keep, don't look down. Don't look down. Everything we do, God should be getting glory out of it. Now, now let me say this. This message is not about you getting something, but it's about you giving something. And that's something that we're talking about is your life. You know, it's, it's, it's amazing to me. I can stand here and I can teach you about how you're going to get a financial breakthrough. I can teach you about how you're going to get this and how you're going to get that. And the church is in an uproar. But when we start talking about what we're going to give, what are you giving God? Man, we sit back and we're like, oh my God, you mean that God is requiring something of me? Yes, he's requiring of you your life. And it's pride that hinders us from giving our lives totally to God because we're very aware of what makes us happy and what makes us fulfilled, but we don't really think about giving God glory. Go to Deuteronomy 8, chapter 8, and we're going to read verse number 10. That's Old Testament, y'all. Let's start at verse number 10. You want to read with me? You want to sit down and read with you? <laughs> you can look at the screen. I'm just messing with you. You there? Listen to this. When thou hast eaten and art full, then thou shalt bless the Lord thy God for the good land which he hath given thee. Beware that thou forget not the Lord thy God and not keeping his commandments and judgments and statutes which I command thee this day. Lest when thou hast eaten and art full and hast built goodly houses and dwelt therein and when thy herd and thy flocks multiply, and thy silver and thy gold is multiplied, and all that thou hast is multiplied. Then thine heart be lifted up, and thou forget the Lord thy God, which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. The major problem with us is that we forget. We forget where we came from, and we forget who brought us. We forget who gave us what we have. Again, whatever you have, you ought to be giving God. Now, manna is supernatural provision, which thy fathers knew not, 
that he might humble thee and that he might prove thee to do thee good at, that, at thy latter end. And thou shalt say in thine heart, listen to this, my power and the might of mine hand have gotten me this wealth. But thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is he that giveth thee power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant, which he sware unto thy fathers, as it is this day. And it shall be, if thou do, do it, do it all, forget the Lord thy God, and walk after other gods, and serve them, and worship them. I testify against you this day, that ye shall surely perish. So, we see who should get the credit for our lives. But the question is, who's really getting credit for your life? Who, who's really, who are you giving the glory to? Yeah, but I went to school and I got degrees. I worked hard to get to where I am. Who gave you the mind? You know, there are a lot of people that wish they could go to work. There's some people that, 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 that are laying in bed and they're bedridden and wish that they could get up and go to work. God has given you strength in your body. So everything you have, you ought to be able to give God glory for it. You cannot eliminate God. For, I don't care how smart you think you are. I don't care who you know in high places. Let me tell you something. God gets the glory for whatever you have. Now, now, I want us to really look at this issue of pride because it's important. Most marriages that don't make it are destroyed because of pride. Families are destroyed because of pride. Churches are divided because of pride. Pride is at the root of a lot of things. Now, real quick, I want to look at somebody in the Bible. I'm just going to talk to you today. I want you to look at somebody in the Bible who was governed and destroyed by pride. His name was Saul. Now, Saul has some characteristics that we're going to look at with, with pride. Saul was the first king of Israel, very humble in the beginning. In the beginning. You know, sometimes we start one way and we don't end up there. A lot of us can be humble in the beginning, but we get caught up in pride. You know, the higher that God brings some of us, the more prideful we become. Man, listen, if you're, hum if you're blessed, you ought to be humble. You might be driving a little nicer car. So what? You might be living in a little better home. So what? You may have a bigger bank account. So what? Whatever you have, it came from him. You're, listen, listen, listen. You're just a steward. You're a steward. Come on, say that. I'm a steward. You don't even own your own body. Your body belongs to God. That's why you ought to ask him what to do with your body. Oh, okay. I will, we'll leave that alone. Let, go, go to 1 Samuel 13. 1 Samuel 13. I know this is a little different today, but this is so necessary. Look at verses 3 and 4. I'm going to read this in the uh, Amplified Version of the Bible. Verses 3 and 4. Jonathan smote the Philistine garrison at, and I'm going to say that's Geba, 
as G-E-B-A. I used to date a girl named Reba. So, <laughs> so, so you put a G there, it's got to be Giba. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, and, <laughs> and, the, and the Philistine heard of it and Saul blew the trumpet throughout all the land saying, let the Hebrews hear. And, the Israel, and Israel heard that Saul had defeated the Philistine garrison and also that Israel had become an abomination to the Philistines. And the people were called out to join Saul in Galgal. Now, Jonathan smote the Philistine, but the Bible says that Saul blew his trumpet. So, and, and I like to say that he blew his own horn. And then in verse 4, it says that all of Israel heard that Saul had smitten the Philistine. This is a classic case or an example of a prideful person. Number one, taking credit for someone else's accomplishments. Have you ever taken credit for what somebody else did? Another example of pride is exaggerating or lying to make oneself look better or more important. I, I was telling them at the 8 o'clock service, I, I have a relative that moved away to another city. And uh, he brought one of those, he, uh, he bought one of those online degrees. And uh, he had everybody in this new city thinking that he was a doctor. Uh, I went to that city and I was at a store and they found out that we were related. And they said, oh, yes, oh, yes, we know Dr. So-and-so. And I'm like, huh? Yeah, yeah, Dr. So-and-so shops here all the time. And I'm saying to myself, you know, I didn't want to blow his cover, but I'm like, that boy barely got out of high school. <laughs> but he hadn't, he, he exaggerated who he was. Before I was a, most of you know that before I was a pastor, I was a sports agent. Well, prior to me being a sports agent, I worked for an agent. And... Um, I was just basically a runner for him, helping him with his, uh, this was in the late 80s, I was helping him with his clients. So I would be out with a bunch of football players, and uh, at that time I was a lot, I was a lot bigger. And uh, because of my size, people assumed that I played football too. Uh, so, you know, they assume. <laughs> All I did was agree with them. And uh, so I, 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 I started telling people, yeah, yeah, I play, I play, I play. Uh, and so they said, what's your name? And I said, Steve Allen. And see, Steve Allen sounded familiar to them, but they didn't realize it was familiar because it was a white comedian by the name of, of Steve Allen. They had just, this was before Google. Um, so, so, so uh, man, I, uh, I went all over the country signing autographs. Little children. <laughs> signing their shirts. Signing their footballs. If anybody's listening to this CD, you have one of those signed T-shirts. One of those signed footballs. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. I, it ain't worth nothing. <laughs> it ain't. <laughs> Dave, I even had the kids at my uh, the kids at my children's school thinking that I played football. And a little boy said to, to, to Steve, said, uh, 
Steve was lying for me, too. He said, but, <laughs> so I ain't see your daddy on the field. He said, well, he, he hurt. He hurt right now. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Pride will cause you to exaggerate and lie to make yourself look important. Now, I'm not the only one. See, I'm, I, I'm, I'm transparent enough to tell y'all what I did, but I ain't the only one in here that lied about stuff. Some of y'all didn't lie. I, I, I'll even tell you something else I did since I'm telling all my stuff. I, I bought, and I think I told you about this, I bought this car uh, in the 90s. I bought a BMW, and uh, they had the 525, which was a six-cylinder, and they had the 530, which was an eight-cylinder. Well, I wanted the 530, but I couldn't afford it. So I bought, I bought the 525, and then before I took the car, I bought a 530 sticker for the back. <laughs> See, pride will cause you not to be satisfied with what you, what you have. And I'll I never forget, man, I was standing up talking to a guy, and my car was running. And uh, the guy said, man, that, that eight-cylinder sound weak. <laughs> you know, eight-cylinder normally sound, sound a little heavier than that. You, you sure that? I said, man, look, man, read the, read the sticker on the back, man. <laughs> it is what it is. Pride will cause you to exaggerate. You know, you know anybody in your family or any associates of yours that that's you you call them one better. You get a Toyota. Oh, I just bought a Lexus. You, anybody know one better? Is one better here? Yeah, I'm I'm getting ready to move in my home. Uh, the Lord just blessed me with a home. Well, really? How many uh, how many bedrooms you have? Oh, I have four bedrooms. Really? Yeah, well, you know, I just bought a five-bedroom house. <laughs> One better can't let you celebrate. Their pride won't allow you to celebrate. Yeah, uh, so-and-so just asked me to marry him. Really? Really? Well, yeah, you know, I've turned down like three different dudes. <laughs> <laughs> Let's look at another scripture regarding Saul. Go to 1 Samuel chapter 10. And uh, look at verse number 8. And thou shalt go down before me to Gilgal, and Behold, I will come down unto thee to offer burnt offerings and to sacrifice sacrifices of peace, of peace offerings. Seven days thou shalt tarry till I come to thee and show thee what thou shalt do. Now, Samuel was a man of God, and he was responsible to anoint Saul and to tell him what God said. Now, go to chapter 13. I'm going to show you this. And we'll start reading at verse number 8. I'll read this in the Amplified Version of the Bible as well. Saul waited seven days according to the set time Samuel had appointed. But Samuel had not 
come to Gilgal, and the people were scattering from Saul. So Saul said, bring me the burnt offering and the peace offering, and he offered the burnt offering, which he was forbidden to do. And just as he finished offering the burnt offerings, behold, Samuel came. Saul went out to meet and greet him. Samuel said, what have you done? Saul says, behold, I saw that the people were scattering from me and that you did not come within the days appointed and that the Philistines were assembled in mishmash. I thought the Philistines would come down upon me to Gilgal and I have not made supplication to the Lord, so I forced myself to offer a burnt offering. Wow, he forced himself. And Samuel said to Saul, you have done foolishly. You have not kept the commandment of the Lord your God, which he commanded you, for the Lord would have established your kingdom over Israel forever. But now your kingdom shall not continue. The Lord has sought out David, a man after his own heart, and the Lord has commanded him to be the prince and ruler over his people because you have not kept what the Lord commanded you. First of all, verse 9, Saul was not supposed to offer the burnt offering because that was the job of the priest. Now, there are several characteristics of pride in this text. The first one is trying to operate in a call or an office that you don't have. And let me tell you something. This, this, this happens in ministry all the time, but it's dangerous to try to operate in an office that God didn't call you to. That's why, and this is just personal for me, that's why I'm not really big on titles, because if God called you to do something, just do the work and it'll speak for itself. And we live in a time where people are just trying to operate in all kinds of offices, trying to, to, to get people to, to respect them and, and, and trying to make a name for themselves. And let me tell you something, when you're trying to make a name for yourself, it's pride. Because whatever office you are in, it should still give God glory. I, 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 I want you to respect me as your pastor, but the glory still goes to God. The glory goes to God. Stop trying to give yourself a Man, Lord, we are in such a title-hungry age. Such a title-hungry age. It's just amazing to me. Let's just do the work. Let's just, I met some little kid, man. The boy looked like he was 15. He said he was a bishop. I'm like, a bishop over what? <laughs> Next thing is a refusal to submit to authority. Saul refused to submit to authority and to be accountable. When you are, when you are humble and you approach somebody that's in authority, you submit to it. I don't care if you're a doctor, you're a lawyer. We have doctors and lawyers in this church. But when the ushers tell you to do something, you submit to their authority. Hey, sit here, please. Oh, oh, well, wait a minute. I'm Dr. So-and-so. No, that's pride. See, there, there's no big people in church. There's no big people in church. 
I'm going to say that again. There's no big people, and I'm just going to say people, there's no big people in church. We're all on the same level. And the truth of the matter is, we've got to get back to the place where we are known as servants. Want a title? Here it is, servant. Because when I, when I meet God, I don't want to hear him say pastor. I don't want to hear him say bishop. I don't want to hear him say prophet. I want to hear him say servant. Servant of God, well done. And we got to get back to the place where we're humble enough to say, I am a servant. Yes, I'm a leader, but I'm a servant leader. Come on, somebody shout, say, I'm a servant. Oh, man, some of you are too arrogant to even say that. You are a servant. I went to a restaurant not long ago, and I guess this was this girl's first day working on the job. And uh, they said, well, uh, whatever her name was, she'll be your servant today. And she looked like servant. I said, well, she won't be around here long. <laughs> we are servants. I'm going to do a lesson real soon on servanthood. Because we've got to get back to the basics. Submitting to authority. Now, their marriages, their marriages have fallen apart, and the wife can say, hey, can we go talk to pastor and get some counseling? And the husband say, we don't need no counseling. That man put on his pants just like I put on mine. Refuse to submit to authority. See, there's something in us men that says, I can't have another man giving me instruction. And you know what? We'd rather see things fall apart than to submit to authority. I ain't going there and telling that man all my business. He tell his wife, you, you got the problem, you go tell him. That's pride. Somebody say, that's pride. pride. Let, let me help you out. How many, where are my married men? Let me see the hands of my married men. Come on, y'all lifting them real slow. Come on. Let, let me help you out, brothers. Listening to somebody does not make you weak. You're just trying to get some help, and all of us should want to get some help. I want to be a, I want to be a better husband. I want to be a better father. I want to be a better pastor. So if I can find somebody that has wisdom in that area, I want to hear what they have to say. I can't be so prideful where I think that I know it all. He put his pants on just like I put my pants on. Your pants falling down. You need to get somebody to help you. It's falling apart, champ. It's falling apart. And y'all know I'm telling the truth. Some, listen, brothers. I said this to, to them this morning. Some of y'all, man, some of you brothers, all you need is a good cry. You, and you're afraid to come because you think, man, I ain't going there because I know what's going to happen. I go in there and start talking about what's going on in my life, and I'm, I'm just going to cry. Get it out, man. My wife was, and sisters, let me help you out because my wife did something the other day. We were on our way back uh, from Nashville, my wife and my daughter and I, and um, we were talking about an episode that happened years ago with one of my relatives, and she said, whoo, you are. You, you were driving. I never forget this. She said, you were driving. You start talking about it, and you start crying. I don't remember crying, but she said I was crying. And she says, and I was just looking, listen to what she said, and I was just looking at you saying, come on, man up. 
we rebuked her in that car. Let me, let me help you out, sisters. If, you, if, if the man just needs to have a good cry, don't tell the man to man up. Let the man, we have emotions just like, we have emotions just like, we try to hide it. We try to hide it, and, 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 and brothers, brothers, you know, you, you know what, I, and I know how you feel, because I, like, I don't like crying in front of people either. But, you know, sometimes, man, you just, it just, it just happens. Whoo, glory to God. Don't, sisters, don't tease the man. I know, I know, and we don't do it all the time, but when it happens, you know, man, respect, respect us. Respect, don't tell us to man up. We all see first lady, tell her, don't ever tell pastor to man up again. She had me feeling like I can't cry in front of her, which I don't, I don't do that often anyway, but anyway, let's move on. Pride, pride will blind you, listen to this, with your own ego. Some folk can't see because their egos are in the way. Now, if you read it out, in Saul's life, his pride destroyed him. And that's why we got to deal with this. Look, look at uh, Proverbs 16 and 18. We'll shout next Sunday. Proverbs 16 and 18. And I know we know the scripture, but listen to this. Pride goeth before destruction, and an haughty spirit before a fall. The, uh, the Message Bible says this. First pride, then the crash. The bigger the ego, the harder the fall. Now, this pride thing originated with Satan in the time his name was Lucifer. He was in heaven. He was in charge of the worship, but he got caught up in pride and thought that he was as good as God. And he decided that he didn't want to worship, but he wanted to be worshiped. And see, when we get caught up in pride, we reflect the character trait of the devil. See, when we get caught up in pride, what we are is self-worshippers. That's why it's hard for some folk to worship. The reason that you don't worship is because you want to be worshipped. You don't want to look crazy. You don't want to lift your hands because you're educated. You don't want to do certain things. You don't want to worship God. And you're so busy. See, see, when you're worshiping, God is your audience. But you're so busy looking at your brothers and your sisters, you've forgotten about God. And instead of you worshiping, now you want to be worshipped. You want to, you, you come in here and you want to look good. You want people to speak well of you. But man, when it's time to worship... I don't care what I look like, and I don't care what you say about me. When I think of the goodness of Jesus and all that he's done for me, man, I ain't got time to think about what I look like. I don't care what you say about me. Because let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. We get caught up in people, but people don't have a heaven or hell to put you in. We get caught up in people, but people don't hold your next heartbeat. People don't hold your next heartbeat, your, your next uh, breath. You've got to get to the place where you say, man, I don't care who's here. I will give God the glory. And I know, look, look, I know, I know, I know, I know today is a little quieter than normal. But man, I don't care if you're sitting next to some cold, morbid saint. Don't you let that person bring you down to their level. You begin to worship God and praise God where you are. Look, 
you have to look at them and say, look, I ain't coming down there. You're going to have to come up here. Because when I think of the goodness of Jesus and all that he's done for me, man, I'm not going to let you stop me from praising God. But we don't worship because we want to be worshipped. And when you want to be worshipped, you look like Satan. You think about that. Think about that when worship is going on. And you get that feeling of, I don't feel like doing all that. Oh, man, I'm too educated. These people look like people that don't have good sense. But let, let me tell you something. You know what's amazing to me? We can get like that when things are going good. But when we need a breakthrough, we don't care how ugly, we'll give God that ugly cry. That ugly, but see, when things are well, bills are paid, things are all right down at the crib, our hands are about right here. Let's do, we, we, we put them about right here. This is, we get, sat, we get uh, sophisticated. Praise God. Come on, lift your hands and give him glory. Praise God. Come on, clap those hands. I mean, even, even men. I ain't going to tell you what you look like. But even, even men. Oh, praise God. Praise God. But man, we need a breakthrough. And somebody fool around and say, when praises go up, <laughs> the blessings will come down. Ha! Glory. You're sitting here looking like Esther. Glory to God. God deserves praise and worship. Now, let, let me say this as I close. What's wrong with pride, Pastor? Pride puts you on the wrong side of God. Go to 1 Peter 5, and this will be our last scripture. 1 Peter 5 and 5. You there? Listen what it says. Likewise, ye younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. Yea, all of you be subject one to another and be clothed in humility. For God resisteth the proud and giveth grace unto the humble. Listen to this. Humble yourselves. Now I've heard people pray, Lord, humble me. The scripture says, humble yourself. See, it's a choice. He says, humble yourself, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due season. Pride puts you on the wrong side of God. It puts, you, it puts God in the position where he has to stand against you. The text says that God resisteth the proud. So God's response whenever he sees pride is he stands against it. I, I mean stuff that would normally work automatically fails because of pride. Because whatever you're trying to accomplish, if God is standing against it, it ain't going to work. And I don't care who stands with it. If God is standing against it, it will not work. I don't care if you've got the biggest name in the country standing with it. If God is standing against it, it's not going to work. And if pride is involved, the Bible says that God stands against it. Now, pride is a major problem in the church because most of us don't want to serve, as I said earlier. And let me just say this. When this text says that God will stand against the proud, that's even 
when it comes around the church because you know sometimes we can do the right thing for the wrong reason some folk feel like they're more spiritual and they're more knowledgeable than other people and, and when they're in the midst of others uh, they're kind of confrontational and, and the purpose behind it is they, they want to make other people look bad and make themselves look good that's tell somebody say that's pride See, if you're more knowledgeable and you feel like you're on another level spiritually, it's your job to help your brother and your sister get to the next level. It's not your job to try to lord over somebody, well, I know more and I, I can't be bothered. Man, listen to me. Whatever you have, if you are anointed, God didn't anoint you so you can just hold on to the anointing. He anointed you to use it to help somebody else. What's the purpose of having an anointing if you're not helping people? You don't have to pull other folk down in order for you to get up, we're going to work through this today. And I'll tell you this, some of us can't get to another level in life because we've proven to God that we can't handle the level we're on right now. So we end up living life on a seesaw because you're humble as long as you're down. But when you get a glimpse of success, then pride kicks in and it brings you back to a low place. The bigger man's head gets, the easier it is for you to fill his shoes. And I'll leave you with this. Don't get caught up in yourself. Don't get caught up in your accomplishments. Don't get caught up in your stuff. And don't even get caught up in what people say about you. Because sometimes people can say stuff to you and you know it ain't the truth. Some of you, you know you can't sing. And they tell you, ooh, you sound, oh my God, you sound like Jennifer Hudson. You know you don't sound like Jennifer Hudson. Don't let people just tell you. and Don't get caught up in what people say. Because what you have and who you are, God gave it to you. So stop trying to impress people because people will change. And if you ever, and I'll close with this. You know, I always have at least three or four closes. If you ever start feeling pride creeping in, I want you to remember this. Soon after you're dead and gone and your body is lowered in the grave, your family and your friends are going to be eating potato salad, <laughs> telling jokes, and you're going to be history. Your family and your friends will be trying to figure out how they can get the stuff you left behind. And it won't matter how you impress them because you're going to be gone. The only thing that's going to matter is what you've done for Christ. Only what you do for Christ will last. Not, see, the truth of the matter is, one day you're going to leave that stuff, or that stuff's going to leave you. And when you leave here, somebody else is going to drive that car. Somebody else is going to live in that house. Somebody else is going to wear those clothes. Somebody else is going to wear that jewelry. I told my wife a long time ago, I said, now look, and I mean this. And I want y'all to, if I leave here before her, I said, now look, I, I want you to go on with your life. And, uh, you know, if the Lord give you, give you the go, go on and get you another husband. Just don't let him live in my house. <laughs> when
Well, I hope you enjoyed the message today. If you're ever in the greater New Orleans area, please visit Destiny Christian Center at 612 Main Street in Laplace, Louisiana. If not, you can visit us at destinychristian.org radio. 